Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. The book of Matthew chapter 14, the book of Matthew chapter 14, and I'll begin in verse 22. Very familiar scripture. You're going to recognize it very quickly. Um, but I, I think we can glean some things. Uh, we can glean some things from the word tonight. Um, I'll read and then, and, then, and then I'll talk. When you have it, just say, I got it. Matthew 14, beginning of verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the even was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Uh, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt and when they were coming to the ship the wind ceased and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him saying of a truth thou art the son of God amen tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about standing on the supernatural standing on the supernatural can we pray together Lord we love you so much and we're so thankful to be in your house we're so thankful to be in your presence we appreciate and we are so grateful for what we feel in this house tonight to be among your people. And Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us through this word. I pray that you would give us demonstration and power. Lord, I pray that each one of us can walk in the supernatural realm to do supernatural things for you. Lord, and to live a supernatural lifestyle, to live contrary to this flesh. And Lord, I pray today that you would just use this word to grow us, mature us, educate us, encourage us. And we'll be so careful to give you praise and glory. And we ask it in your precious name. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated in this presence. Thank you for standing with me tonight. Amen. Matthew 14 is a very familiar story uh, to, to most. But if you've never heard it before, um, that's totally fine. Um, because I'm going to kind of talk about the story quite a bit tonight. And walk you through this. Jesus has just finished preaching. And if you um, follow the, the story of Matthew in chapter 14, uh, this is the place where Jesus will break the bread and feed the 5,000. 
with just five loaves of bread and two fish. He would feed 5,000 men, not counting, or the Bible will tell us in verse 21, 5,000 men beside women and children. So several thousand people here fed by five loaves and two fishes. What an amazing thing for, for God to do. God, all throughout the New Testament, will show us time and time again supernatural feats. Uh, he will feed 5,000. He will raise the dead. He will, he will walk on water. <laughs> he, he will uh, cause the lame to leap. He will cause the blinded eyes to open. He, he will just speak words and people will be healed. He will just say things like, go thy way and behold. And people will get up out of their beds that they've laid in for 30 years or more and be healed. Jesus lives in a supernatural realm. He walks in a supernatural realm. Uh, everything that Jesus does from the age of 30 to 33 is supernatural. And even uh, when you see him at the age of 12, which is the last time we see him. I'm sorry, Siri, please be quiet. Um, uh, even when we see him at the age of 12, we realize that even then he has a supernatural understanding of the word of God that the elders and the, the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the rabbis at the time would be astonished at this 12-year-old kid who not only speaks the word, but he speaks it with authority as one that has authority. He is supernatural. He lives in the supernatural realm. He walks in the supernatural realm. Amazing. I love it. I love it. I love that our Savior is not just a regular old Savior. Who, who said good things and who said nice things and who, who taught us life lessons that we can live. He did all those things, but he also did things that cannot be explained. He did things that were supernatural. He did things that demonstrated his power, his authority, his glory, and ultimately uh, showed us his deity. Uh, we see this when the disciples of John came to Jesus and they said, hey, look, John's in prison he can almost feel the axe on his neck. John wants to know before he dies, are you the one? Yeah. You know, are you the Christ? Is it, is it really you? And Jesus, instead of saying yes, uh -huh. he tells those disciples, he said, go back to John and tell John what you see me doing now. And the Bible says in, in that same hour, he healed lame, yeah. he healed the blinded eyes, and he cast the devil out of people. So the disciples go back to John. They don't say, hey, Jesus said he is. They say, hey, we saw Jesus cause the lame to leap. He caused the blinded eyes to be opened. And he, he rebuked the devil out of people. John knows from the supernatural things that they saw Jesus do that this is connected to Isaiah 53, 54, 55, where the Bible says that when he comes, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, and the devils will be cast out. So his, the, his supernatural ability is the ringing of the bell that this is the Messiah. Now, a lot of people don't see this. Thousands do. But the important people of the time, they miss it altogether. But, but thousands of people recognize this, and they follow him relentlessly. And they, because they, the Bible says, uh, even here in Matthew 14, and also when Mark talks about it, 
uh, and I believe also when Luke talks about it, we'll see that the Bible says the multitude followed him because they saw the miracles that he did. They, they were following him. There, there, there was a because in the scripture. It wasn't just because he was a good guy saying good things. They were like, this guy's doing amazing things. I want to be there when he does it. I, my family needs healed. My, my children need saved. My, my back needs to be better, you know. They, they're following him because they see these miraculous things that he's doing. They, they see that he is a supernatural being. He's doing Supernatural things. Jesus is supernatural. And there is a pull to him because of the supernatural things that he can do. However, in this story, we're about to see a moment where Jesus is about, about to allow one of the disciples to do something supernatural as well. That it won't just be a story about Jesus doing something amazing. But it'll be a story about Jesus and one of his disciples doing something amazing. This will type and shadow into the book of Acts, where there is the birth of the church, the infilling of the Holy Ghost into the apostles at the time. And then the apostles begin to do what Jesus was doing. Jesus raised the dead. The apostles would do that. Jesus healed the sick. The apostles would start doing that. Jesus uh, would, just a shadow would fall on people and they would be healed. We see where Paul's shadow would fall on people and they would be healed. That they could speak a word and they would be healed. Jesus lived a supernatural life. But in this story, it's one of the first times we see the supernatural shift in type and shadow that the disciples will also do supernatural things. So, so I want to teach us tonight because I believe that knowledge is power. And, 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 not, and, and, and understanding is everything. I, I come tonight to declare to you, as saints of the Most High God, those that are hungry to listen and to learn, if, if, if you want to take notes tonight, I would encourage you, because, because I want to tell us, I want to speak to myself as well, that, that God wants us to live a supernatural life. Yeah. He wants us to live a supernatural life. He wants us to have a miraculous life. I, I, you, most of you in this room, you know me, and you know me for a while. You know that I'm not a spooky type Christian. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, there's not a devil behind every door. I don't, I don't think every, most of the time I think we're dealing with flesh a whole lot more than we're dealing with devil. We can cast him out in a minute, but we can't cast out flesh. I can cast him and all his legions out, but I can't cast out an attitude. Lord, help us. I'm not, I'm not running around here trying to be, you know, some prophet. You know, I'm not saying, hey, we, we're having a healing service. I, we, we're here on Bible study. This is a healing service, right? If we meet for prayer meeting tomorrow night, it's a healing service. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, every service should be a healing service. Like, there's no, no special time for that. It's, every time is a special time for that. But how do we walk in that supernatural? How do we stand in that supernatural world? What, what does that look like? How, how can we do this? Now, I believe that in the, in the New Testament, when we go past Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we go into the book of Acts, I think for us, we can really see that, but we understand that this is the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and these apostles are walking in this now. They, they are 
the called sons of God. And they are now fulfilling the role that Jesus filled. And Jesus will tell them straight to their face, what I've done, you will do greater than me. Type in shadow of Elijah and Elisha, where Elisha said, I want a double portion. And so Elijah said, when you, if you see me go up, you'll have it. And every man who stood there that day and watched Jesus ascend into heaven, and the, and the angels had to tell him, hey, why are y'all still standing here? Why stand you here gazing? Go do what he said do. Like, go, go do it now. But every man who stood there and saw Jesus go up, they would all receive a double portion of what Jesus did. And the Bible would tell us that the things that the, the apostles will do in their lifetime, that the, that the earth cannot even handle the books that could tell of all the miracles, signs, and wonders that followed these men after the fact. How does that play out for me and you in 2022? Because I got the same Holy Ghost they got. Right? I didn't, I, listen, I didn't, I didn't get the hot pocket Holy Ghost. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the microwave real quick Holy Ghost that, that only works on Sundays sometimes. Right? I, the, the spirit of God that is in me is the spirit of God. Amen? What, what, what God wants to do in me, he, is the same thing that he wanted to do then. That, that, that there would be signs following. That these signs shall follow them that believe. Not these signs shall follow them that believe for the next hundred years. And then after that, we're going into something different. No, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall speak with new tongues. They can take up deadly things and it will not hurt them. There, there, there is a, a level of protection but there's also a level of, of supernatural living that me and you struggle to tap into because I don't know if we believe it or not. Amen. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching to myself tonight. Just like I'm teaching to y'all, I'm in the room too. I'm hearing the word too. But I believe that Matthew chapter 14 and, and this story is going to give us some it's going to give us an insight into what, how a regular disciple can say, Lord, let me do it too. Oh, hallelujah. Like, Lord, I see what you're doing. It's blowing my mind. And nobody else in this boat may have this desire. No, nobody else in this boat may, may want to do the things that I want to do. But if it's really you, can I do it too? There, there has to be a tenacity in the church of the living God in 2022 to say, Lord, if it's, if it's really you, if this is what you would like us to do, if this is who you would like us to be, if this is what you would like us to become, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like him. Hallelujah. All through life's journey, from earth to glory, I long to be like him. I, I want to be like him. Now, if I want to be like him in his death and I want to sacrifice things in my life and carry my cross, then I should also want to be like him in his life and walk in a supernatural way. Love people supernaturally. Have supernatural things follow me, but also live a life of 
completeness, completeness and, and, and modesty and righteousness to, to turn away from temptation. Amen. This isn't just about laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. I believe in that. We're go, we're, I'm going to talk about that. That's going to happen. Amen. But I'm also talking about living a supernatural, a natural life that is super. Because me and you are still living in the real world, real life stuff, real life issues. Y'all got family stuff. I got family stuff. Y'all got money stuff. I got money stuff. This is the real world. Right, we're living in a, in a very natural world. But how does the church rise above the natural and say, Lord, let us walk in the supernatural? They see Jesus in Matthew 14. They see Jesus in the middle of their storm, in the middle of their, you know, crazy moment in their lives. The Bible says that the wind is contrary, and that, that means it's not blowing the way that it should blow. It's contrary. It's against them. They're rowing this way, and the wind's pushing them that way. In the middle of all that, here comes Jesus in, in the middle of a very natural storm doing something supernatural. This, the storm is natural. There's no spirit in the storm. Amen? Most of us are going through stuff in our life. We are facing trouble right now. You ain't got to raise your hand, but I'll raise both mine for you. Okay? We all going through some stuff. If you're not going through some stuff, write a book. We all want to read it. Right? We all going through some stuff. Can I help you? 99.9% of all the stuff that's going on in this room is natural. It's just life. You're not special. The devil did not throw caution to the wind to attack you all by yourself. Right? I do believe that there are spiritual attacks in our homes. I do believe there are spiritual stuff that we, that we fight and we battle. But most of the stuff that me and you deal with on a daily basis is just us. It's just flesh. It's just people being people. It's natural. But in a supernatural, in a natural moment, here comes Jesus doing supernatural things. That's what I, I'm saying, Lord, even though I'm living in a natural mess, in a natural storm, in a natural family issue, in a natural marriage issue, in a natural financial issue. Show me how I can be supernatural in this moment and rise above the natural and walk, walk on what most people drowned on. Lord, show, show me in my marriage how we can walk on what destroys most marriages. Lord, show me in, in the troubles in my life how I can walk steady on the stuff that tears other people down, that makes other people quit, that makes other people throw in the towel. How can I supernaturally walk through this moment? They're terrified that they see Jesus. They, they think he's a ghost because, I mean, he shouldn't be there. We can, we, we can talk trash about the disciples all, all we want to, but I promise you $100 tonight. If you was in the same situation, you'd be like, hold up, time out. I'm pretty sure there's a dude out there in the water, and I don't know how we row it now, but we need to row faster. Because that ain't right. Because it's supernatural. That shouldn't happen. It's, it's, it's beyond my understanding. They're terrified about it. Jesus cries, and they said, don't be afraid. It's just me. It's just me. 
See, God is trying to get into most of our messes right now, but we won't let him in. Because it doesn't fit. It shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be happening like this. It doesn't fit. And God's saying, just let me in. Don't, don't be afraid of what you see. Don't be afraid of what you feel. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. When they realized who he was, 11 of them were like, oh, it's Jesus. But one of them says, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there with you. Lord, if it's you, I want to do what you're doing. This is my first point for now. I got five points. My first point right here. Ready? You have to be willing. You, you got to be willing. If everybody else in the boat wants to stay in the boat, that's fine. Listen, most of you in, in the room, you're waiting on other people to be supernatural. Stop. Listen, if your husband not going to be supernatural, girl, you be supernatural. Listen, if your wife not going to be supernatural, that's fine. You, 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 be the, you be the catalyst. You be the one. If you're waiting for somebody else to step out of the boat, you may never do it. You got to be willing to say, Lord, whatever you have for me is for me. I want to go. I'm, I'm tired of living in fear. I, Lord, I see you able to walk in the middle of this trouble. I see you able to move without constraint in the middle of, Lord, I want to be able to move in the middle of this. I want to be able to walk in the middle of this. Lord, I, I am willing to try something that I know can only be possible if you help me. In my own strength, I know I can't do it. In, in my own skill, I know I can't walk in this water. I understand that there's a thing called gravity. And I understand that there's elements, liquid forms, solid forms, and this is a liquid form. And I understand that the chemistry, I'm going to sink. I get it. That's natural. But Lord, let me be supernatural. You have to be willing. If you're not willing to step out, God can't do anything. God cannot do anything with someone who's not willing. And you may be one of 12 in the boat. You may be the only one who says, you know what? Lord, can I get out there? You can't wait on everybody. I, I can't wait as the pastor of this church. I can't wait on one of y'all to get on fire. I can't. I, I got to get on fire. I got to make the phone calls. I got to reach out. I got to connect. I got, I got to say, hey, meet me here. Hey, let's talk. Hey, let's, I got to get on fire. I got to study. I got to read my Bible. I got to be willing to do what nobody else is willing to do if I'm going to get what nobody else has. And I need to be able to walk in the middle of the storm and, and, and walk on stuff that causes other people to fail. When P 
Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you. What happened next? The Bible says that Jesus said, come. Second point I want to make tonight is you need a word. Don't be going where you don't have permission to go. You need a word. You hype, well, you better stay in that boat till you get a word. You excited, you better stay in that boat till you get a word. You think, I got this all together. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I went to church Sunday. I got fired up. Got to, they, they were singing my song. I got on fire for the Lord, lost my whole mind. <clears throat> Monday morning, woke up, thought I could fight hell with a squirt gun. And got my whole lunch handed to me because I got off the boat without a word. Here's what most of us get off kilter is because we think just because we're willing, we can do it. Even my willingness needs to wait for a word. This is what happens when we get people who are passionate but not submitted. Your passion does not override submission. Let me, let me just say it again. You're so passionate. That's great. I love it. But when your passion oversteps your submission, you're going to find yourself on shaky ground now. Because until I get a word, I don't, I, I'm not moving without a word. I'm not moving into that mess without a word. That's, that's danger. That's, that's, that's craziness. That, that right there kills most people. So I'm not really stepping out into that until I know the Lord has said, come on. Un until I feel in my spirit, until I know in my heart. Because once I have a word, because it's that word that's going to keep me up on my feet. It's that word that's going to help me get from here to there. I, I need to have his authority in my life. This is what we see in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, and 8 through 10. Matthew 8, 8 through 10, you can look it up when you want to. But the centurion comes to Jesus and he says, listen, I, I really, my servant needs to be healed. And Jesus says, okay, but show me the way to your house and we'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll touch him. And the centurion says to Jesus, he says, I, I have no need of thee to come to my house. He said, I'm not even worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant will be healed. All I need is a word. And he said, he, he has faith. The centurion has faith. Jesus will say, I've, I've never seen this kind of faith. But watch what the, the centurion is not talking about faith. The centurion is talking about authority. He said, speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority and I have soldiers under me. And I say to this soldier, go, and he goes. And I say to another soldier, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. So the, the, the centurion, in his mind, he sees sickness and disease as a subordinate to Jesus. Did you see that? He, he, he's speaking as if the sickness that his servant is dealing with is subordinate to Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm a man under authority, and, and I have people under me, 
And when I, if they're under me and I say jump, they say how high. When I say go, they go. When I say come, they come. When I say do that, they do that. There's no questions asked. And in my mind, sickness and disease is under you. So all I need you to do is tell it to leave. All I need is a word. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. Yeah, that's what the King James Version would tell you. That he marveled, that he was blown away, that he said, what in the world? Who is you? He said, he turned around to the people that follow him. He said, ah, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. This man's talking about authority, but Jesus is talking about faith. This is what Peter wants to go out there on that water. His faith is high, but he can't do it without authority. He needs God to say, come. Because what if God said, stay? What if God said, stay? And Peter said, well, no, I'm not staying here, man. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be cool. <clears throat> I want to get my name in the book. <clears throat> I want people to think I'm cool. I want, I want there to be, you know, profit beside my name on my business card. I want people to know that I got this. I want people to see that I got this. Well, if you ain't got no word, you shouldn't be doing none of that because you will sink. You'll sink. Now, here, here's number three that I want to point to you is when Jesus said, come, the next thing that happened is that Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water. When you get a word, you got to act on it. Most of us, so hyped, so fired up, until we get to the place where God says, okay, come on. And then we, that, that's where most of us end our whole trip with, into the supernatural. That, that's the end of the discussion when the Lord says, okay, you've been praying, you've been seeking me, you've been praying, God, give, give me the authority. I want the power. God, help me be like you were. Like, lead me into the supernatural, Lord. I'm willing. I'm ready. I'm, I'm here for it. The Lord says, okay. And the next thing you see is somebody in front of you saying, hey, could you pray for me? Let, let, me, let me call my pastor. Don't call me. I'm busy. Me and you got the same exact identical Holy Ghost. Same serial number. Same dispensation. Same, same, same. I, I, don't, ha I don't have the extra high speed super who done it. I got the regular old, regular old just like you and it's enough. I don't have a special dose of the Holy Ghost. You got it too. When you have asked the Lord for it and he puts you in the situation to do it, do it. Number three is act on it. Act on it. Get out the boat. Get, he said, come. I'm coming. The Lord said, come on. Here's the opportunity. Come. You have a word. You're willing and you have a word. Now let's do it. Act on it. Utilize it. Try it out. Test it out. Oh, yeah. That's going to hold up right there. I like that. Most of us never know that moment until we step out of the boat. 
We, we, we can preach about it. We can sing about it. We can teach about it. We can run around, tell everybody we want to tell about it. But when's the last time you actually did it? When's the last time someone said, hey, can you, can you, can you just be praying for me or whatever? And you said, you know what, let's pray right now. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be praying for you. Yes, sir, I'm going to do it. I don't know when. Maybe. I might remember it tonight before I lay my head down to sleep. Lord, I pray my soul to keep. And if you don't mind, helping Billy and them. But what about, hey, let's pray right now. I believe it. I believe it. I was with a gentleman last, uh, just, just two weeks ago. We were doing a ministry event together. We were backstage. We were both supposed to be singing in just a few moments. He cut to me in tears. And he said, he said, you're never going to believe this, Brother Chavis. I said, what's going on? He said, my ex-wife of 14 years just called me. He said, she had, we hadn't talked in years. He said, she just called me, asked me what I was doing tomorrow at 4 o'clock. She said, she want to talk. I said, man. Now, we was both about to go on the stage. I could have been like, hey, man, praying for you, bro. Let me know what happens. But I, I believe, so if I believe, and I know that God has given me the word, and now he's given me the opportunity, what do I do here? Am, am I who I say I am? So I said, well, what do you want to happen? You, tell me what you want to happen. I said, you got you to speak it. He, he, said, he said, what do you mean? I said, tomorrow at the meeting, what, what would you want to happen? He said, I, I love her. I want to be reconciled. I said, well, grab my hands right now. I said, because we're too agreed on, on anything. That, they shall have it. I said, let's pray right now. And we had a show to do, but the show can wait. We're about to walk on water right here. We're getting out the boat. We're stepping out of the natural. The natural man would have said, hey, man, I'm praying for you. I, you know, I'm believing God for a good thing. But the supernatural man says, tell me exactly what you want to happen. And that's what we're going to ask God for. And we begin to pray. And I felt the power of God there. And you know what? I haven't even reached out to ask him how it went. Because I know it went good. I know that that conversation with that man of God who was a mighty man of God, and hopefully he'll stand in this pulpit and preach to this church one day, and hopefully his wife's standing beside him. I believe that. Because when you have the opportunity to step out, man, step out. Get out of the boat. Get out of your comfortable space. Get, 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 out. get away from all your friends and stuff that keep you comfortable. And they don't want to get out. Leave them in the boat. You get out by yourself. But here's what you need to know is that when you get out there, it's going to get scary. Just because you're walking on the water doesn't mean the storm stops. Just because, listen, me and you believe that, Lord, you know, when, when, when I really get locked in to, to you and I really start walking in my gifting and I really start walking in my calling, everything in my life is going to be great. <laughs> but I guarantee you Peter was safer on that boat than he was on that water. Because if you want to stay comfortable, you can stay comfortable. If you want to stay secure... And you want to feel like, I'm going to make it. You can stay where you're at. 
hold on for dear life. Live like everybody else is living. Taking breath between the waves. You could do that. Most of us do. It's truth be told tonight, almost all of us do. We're on the boat, and there is a whole side of us that would love to be out there doing the supernatural things, but it's super, super comfortable right here. And even though there's fear, and even though there's trepidation, there is a security in being on the boat. You know, because you know, I mean, it's the ups and the downs, and it's the, it's the left and the right, and the wind is contrary. But at least I ain't in that water. You know, at least I'm holding on. At least I'm making it. And most of us have decided to live our lives making it. Just making it. Taking deep breaths between the waves. Comfortable, comfortably at odds with life. Like I hate it. But it is, it is comforting. That's why most of us stay in horrible relationships, keep living half for God and half for ourselves. You know, we used to say, you know, half for God, half for the devil. But I don't think anybody's living for the devil. I think most of us just living for ourselves. I don't think there's anybody in the room today who's like, you know, waking up every morning and praying to Satan. If you are, you must be uncomfortable. And you're ready to leave right now. But I think most of us just, we live half for God and half for us. Or we live like 90% for us. And there's like 10% for God. And we know that this is, this is trouble right here. This is trouble, but it is it's also safety. And out there is also trouble, but I'm on uncertain ground. And so when Peter steps off the boat, the storm doesn't cease, but he, he is able to walk on the water. And as he's walking to Jesus, <laughs> we know the story, it's, in, it's in, in, in my reading tonight. As he begins to walk towards Jesus, he notices all of the stuff, the the wind. The Bible says he begins to look at the wind and the waves. And, you know, it, it, it really starts to sink in. I'm really out here. For real, for real. Like I thought, I thought that when I really gave myself completely to Jesus, that this was going to get better. Most of us in this room, many of us in this room, we have, we have been willing. We have had a word from God, and we have acted on it. But because we got hurt, I, really, I feel like I could just say amen right now. We can go home. Because things didn't get better for us. Because we did all the things that church told us to do. We lived the way that church told us to live. We walked the way that church taught us to walk. We talked the way that church taught us to talk. 
we were willing, we were ready, we stepped out, we put ourselves out there, and nothing changed. Life was still just as crazy as it ever was, if not worse for most of us. And we sunk. We just bloop. And it just, and now we're gun shy. We don't ever want to put ourselves out there again. We, we, we say things like, I lost my trust in people. But that's not really true. You, you lost trust in God. It's always God. God always catches the brunt of it. Now, people might have hurt you, but you didn't really walk out on people. You walked out on God. And look, church hurt is real. If you don't think church hurt is real, then you don't think red is red and blue is blue. But God didn't hurt you. People did. It, it, it was people. It was a person. It was flesh and blood. And, and, and whatever they did and however they did it, and everybody in this room, most of us have a story that we could tell. If you don't got one, I'll give you a couple. You can just pretend like it was your own. Nobody's going to know any different. We, we all got a story of how we committed ourselves 100% and we sank. We gave our all. We put ourselves in there. We put ourselves in the game. We stepped over the boat. Nobody else did, but I did, and my, I sunk. I, I couldn't swim. Life collapsed around me. I thought God was going to protect me. My fourth point is learning to focus through your fear. Yeah. The, the problem wasn't the wind, the problem wasn't the rain, the problem was our focus. What we focused on was the problem. Because most of us have focused on people. The real troublemakers in the world. I mean, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Somebody throw a tomato at me. You know what the wind and the waves are, in my opinion? It's people. Always changing. Always contrary. Ain't nobody want to talk back to the preacher on a Wednesday night. Always against. Wouldn't it be so awesome if everybody was just for us? If the stream was always moving in the way we wanted it to go. If the wind was always blowing in the way we needed it to blow. But, 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 but when there's a contrary wind, now we have a storm. If it's just one way, man, it's, it's cool. But when it's contrary, the, the wind and the waves, in my opinion, are a type and shadow of just people. The tumultuous world of human beings, up and down, left and right, hard to walk on. Matter of fact, impossible. That's why when we put our trust in men, we sink every time. But there is a supernatural walk that me and you can have. And I'm not saying that we walk over people. And I'm not saying that we walk on people, but I'm telling you that there is a plateau that we can walk through if we focus. There is a singular focus. There is a, there is a focus. And when you put your focus on me, 
you'll sing. Well, you're the pastor. I'm a person. I'm a person. Well, this is supposed to be a great church. It's a church full of people that's going to do dumb stuff. A hundred percent. We are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And if you want to know how imperfect we are, I got a bunch of stories for you. We are not perfect, never will be. And if you find a perfect place, it's not really a thing. But, you know, it's, it's so cliche, I don't even want to say it. If you find a perfect church, don't go because you're messing up for everybody else. I don't want to say it. It's so, over, it's over, so overrated. I don't, I don't think there is a perfect church, but I do think there's perfect focus. I think there's a way that a church can operate itself to say, hey, stop looking at us and look to him. I think there is a way that leadership can lead and say, hey, guys, we're transparent. We messed up. Here's our stuff. Because we're always just trying to point you towards him. We want, we, we want you to have tunnel vision. I want you to only see him. And if I can teach you to only see him, and if I can lead you to only see him, we can mess up. We can make the wrong decisions. We can make bad choices, but if, my, if I'm focusing through my fear, I can always stay above it. But even Peter couldn't do it. It was too much for him. He, 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 saw, he saw too much, and he, he began to sink. And when he began to sink, and he felt himself going down, he did the greatest... The greatest thing that he ever did in the whole story is when he began to sink, he called on Jesus. The Bible says he called on him. <laughs> uh, he shouted, save me. You see what happens is fear will redirect your focus. He thought he was about to lose his life. Most of us, we struggle in this area. I know I do because when I feel like I have failed him, it's hard to cry out to the one that I have failed. Oh, somebody got to see it like I see it right now because I'm going to help everybody in the room, myself included, is I have to understand that I can still call to him even though I have failed him. So many of us right now could really help ourselves if we would just be honest with God and say, God, I need help. But we struggle to say I need help because me and you are still living in the religious fog of if you're not doing right, God's going to get you. Am I helping anybody tonight or can we just... We're still living in that religious fog that says, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't, if you, have you prayed in the last two days? Well, that's why you're going through hell, brother, because God's mad at you. Not in the Bible. Not true. You think God is going to get mad at you? He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. You're not, you're not, you don't have a disease in your body because you failed to pray. Your family didn't fall apart because you 
because God was like, you know what? They, they're not coming to church on a regular basis. I'm going to tear their life apart. God don't think like us. That's, that's junk me and you do to each other. But God don't do something like that to us. Peter asked God, can, God, can I come out there to you? Can, can I come to you? God said, come. Peter got his focus misconstrued. He begins to sink. Now, if in his mind, if he's thinking, well, I can't call out to Jesus because I, I let him down. My, I got my focus off of him. But if he doesn't cry out, he dies. And there's so many people, even sitting in this room tonight, that have spiritually checked out, spiritually flatlined, because you're afraid to call on the one that you feel like you let down. You're afraid to say, save me. Because in order for you to say, save me, you'd have to admit that you were even in trouble. <clears throat> Me and you have to get back to an understanding of, of a God who we can let down a million times and he'll still reach down. Yeah. Me and you have to get a vision of a father who continually welcomes the son home over and over. And over. Me and you have to get a vision of a God who knows how dumb we are and that we're going to make mistakes and we're not always going to be perfect. And every once in a while, we're going to get our focus off of him and we're going to get our focus on life, people, stuff, finances, trouble, trial, all kinds. We're, we're going to get off of focus. He knows that about us. And he's waiting to hear our voice say, Lord, save me. I know I'm out here doing your will. I know I'm out here doing your work. I asked to come out here. It was my request to come out here. But it's also my request for you to save me. That's my fifth point. You've got to call on him. You got to call on him. Call on the one who you think you let down. Call on the one who you lost your focus. Notice that Peter didn't pray, Lord, stop the wind. Notice that Peter, as he was sinking, he didn't say, Lord, stop the waves. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure now, this is going to, hmm. I'm, 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 I'm trying to end the, end the view here. Peter didn't pray for the storm to stop. Peter is a fisherman. He can swim. Peter didn't say, Lord, quit, stop the storm. And because if the storm stops, I can swim. I'm a fisherman. I, I live out here in these waters. This is my job. Like, I am more comfortable here than I am on land. I've lived my entire life on these waters. And so, Lord, if you just stop the storm, I can get back to the boat. But Peter doesn't say stop the storm. Peter says save me. Save me. Because most of us, we're asking God to change everything except us. We keep praying, God, fix everything. But we're not saying, God, fix me. 
We're saying, God, save them, save her, save him. Lord, if you just make my husband not an idiot, I would be so happy. That little comic relief for some of y'all. Lord, if you would just take the, the spirit of nagging out of my wife, treacherous demon and devil. I think I can make it into the pearly gates. We, we all time praying for everything else to cease and stop instead of saying, Lord, I'm the one that needs to be picked up. It's me. Because you know what me and you keep thinking? We keep thinking, Lord, if you stop all that, I have it within my own self to save myself. I can swim. I can make it, Lord. This is my job. We keep thinking that if, if God was to fix everything in our lives, we could do it in our own power. Lord, if you just take care of them, I, I could be a better husband. Lord, if you could take care of them, I'd be a better Lord, if you could take care of them, I'd be a better employee. Lord, if you could take care of them, I, I, I could just do it, Lord. But you couldn't do it no how, no way. We want God to change everything but us. Fix everything but us. Change everything but us. But Peter said, Lord, save me. Save me. Save me. Don't stop the wind. Save me. Don't stop the rain. Save me. I can't save myself. I can't save myself. None of us can save ourselves. We have to call on him. Call on him. Just, just admit it and call on him. He was afraid, verse 30, began to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him. And he said, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? Me of little faith? I'm the only one that stepped off the boat. Me? Me of little faith? I don't see nobody else out here but me. Yeah. Yeah. They had no faith, but you had little you see where a little faith can get you? A little faith can get you into a supernatural moment with Jesus. And the only thing that can destroy your little faith is doubt. What did, what did he doubt? What, what did he doubt? He doubted that this was really happening. He doubted that this was really a thing. He doubted that he could really walk in this. Most of us struggle to continue to walk in what God has put us in because we begin to doubt. Is this really what God has for me? Can I really sustain this? Wherefore didst thou doubt? Watch verse 32 and I'm closing. I'm, I'm done. Verse 32 it says when they came and when they were come into the ship the wind ceased. When they got back in the boat the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship, they began to worship him. And they said, truly, you are son of God.
truly, truly you are who you say you are. When they were out there in the supernatural world, the wind and the rain continued. But when they came back into that natural world, the wind ceased. Here, here's the type of shadow that I, that I want to give you as, as I close tonight. Just, 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 just to help so you can understand some things. When me and you step out of our comfort zone and we get out there with Jesus and Jesus takes us to places that no one else has walked in and, and, and we experience him on the level of the supernatural but also on the level of his grace that he will pick us up even when we fail. When we come back into the thing, we realize how peaceful it can be. How you get peace in your natural world is to step into the supernatural realm. And there's really no other way. If you could fix the supernatural, if you could fix the storm, you, you would. If you could stop the wind, you would. And you know what? Those disciples probably would have made it to the other side. They would have toiled all night. They would have fought all they had. They would have put in the work. Most of them were fishermen. They knew how to handle a boat. They weren't novices. They weren't out there willy-nilly, just didn't know what they were doing. These men were seasoned men of the sea. They would have made it, but they would have made it rough. They would have, they would have barely survived. They would have got to the other side tired and exhausted and beaten. But when they stepped into a supernatural moment, when just one of them, hear me now, when just one of them stepped into a supernatural moment, it brought peace to all of them. Can I speak to a church tonight? Can I speak to some families tonight that are facing storms in your life? Can I speak to some mamas right now who are, are struggling with your children and your marriage and your family? Can I just encourage you? Step into the supernatural realm with Jesus. Experience the supernatural moment. Experience his grace. Experience his hand reaching down. Cry out to him. And that moment with the Lord may bring peace in your boat. Can I speak to some fathers that don't know what to do, some husbands that are struggling? Even, even, even tonight, just some folks that are going through stuff with their families, maybe even extended families, just struggling, just, just, just trying to make it happen. And the storm and everything in your life is contrary. People are contrary. Life is contrary. Finances are contrary. And you just feel the storm pushing against you. I would say, Lord, let me step out of this boat. Let me step out of my comfort zone and step into something supernatural. Give me a word and I will act. I will go. I will work for you. I will do whatever it takes. And Lord, if I fail, I will not let that moment sink me, but I will call out to your name. I know that I have an advocate with you. I know, I know that just because I tried and failed doesn't mean that you're mad at me. I tried and failed. But, Lord, I called out to you in the midst of my failure. Maybe those moments is what it takes to have peace. And we show up to the other side 
differently. <laughs> Instead of being exhausted and tired and always in survival mode. How many are tired living in survival mode? I'm, I'm tired living in survival mode. I, I, I want to show up to the other side with, with, with able to do ministry because that's what happened. They got off the boat in the other side, and the Bible said they immediately started doing ministry. And if you continue to read the book of Matthew, chapter 14, you'll see that everybody they brought to Jesus, when he touched them, they were made perfectly whole. Every, they, they went to the other side, and they did ministry, and they were ready to do ministry because they had seen the miraculous at work and they had seen God's saving hand, and they had worshipped him, and they knew who he was. And they, when they landed on the other side, they were confident. They were confident. They had just watched him feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes, but it took a storm for them to realize he was truly the son of God. Can I tell you that the storms in your life are revealing when I see God do great things, that's amazing. But when he brings me through something, I see him so clearly. When he walks me through, Lord, Lord, I know. Listen, listen, me and my family, we're going through some stuff just like every other family in this room. We are fighting the enemy on every hand. And when he brings us through this, and he will, I'll see him even clearer than I saw him before. I'll be I'll, on the other side. I'll be I'll be like, hey, it's time for ministry. All you need is for this man to touch you, and he can change your life forever. Because the the miracle of the five thousand blew their mind, but the storm gave them a clear view of his deity. I just see him better. Why? Why do you see him so clearly? Because you don't know what he brought me through. You didn't see the storm that he brought me through. If you would have seen the mess that I was in, if you would have seen the trouble I was in, if you would have seen the trial that he brought me through, you would understand. <clears throat> you, you would understand. I watched it all disappear because I was willing, because I waited for that word. And when I got it, I acted on it. And all through all my fear, I tried to focus on him. Not on everybody else, but I focused on him. And then when I failed, and you will fail, I, I called on him. I called on him. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, Please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.